0: Joseph, I can't thank you enough because of everything that you are doing. You are amazing. You know, just the help that you've given me being a coach really helped me find myself. You're amazing. I love how you bring in scripture. We talk about God, and that's very important to me. You listen to me, which is what a good coach does, is is you listen to what I needed. You helped me then clarify things for myself that I needed to do, and was all around very helpful i loved it and then you know with your podcast purpose through pain it's you know we all go through pain and i just i love it because it's so inspiring and motivating to everyone they've got to hear this everyone's got to hear this it's wonderful It, it really everybody can use inspiration and you're giving it to them so god bless you and thank you so much
1: you've survived the worst trauma loss rejection the reality is your pain can be a crutch or it can be the thing that launches you you're listening to the purpose through pain podcast a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving Here to help you find Purpose Through Your Pain is your host, Joseph James. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great
2: show of Purpose Through Your Pain podcast. I have my good friend, Debbie Freeman, on the show with me. Debbie, at the early age of 19, was an entrepreneur of a dance studio. From there, she went on to become a dancer with the Atlanta Hawks NBA basketball team Then to the 42nd Street, Will Rogers Follies and became the dance captain of the world-famous Radio City Rockettes. Her dancing career led her into choreographing beats of the passion at the Venetian Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, after which Debbie found herself having children in a mentally abusive marriage that led her to gaining over 100 pounds with severe depression. Since then, and this is the remarkable part since then, she's lost over 100 pounds and has gone on to becoming United States of America Miss Nevada 2021 at the age of 50. Today in her life, she is helping others by creating better choices and habit change to live a happier, healthy life. Debbie's on top of her career in health and fitness. She is a single mother of two beautiful children and her desire is to inspire everyone and the most positive role model that she could be in the eyes of other people debbie thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having me joseph i'm excited awesome well you definitely had a roller coaster of a life in regards to your marriage but let's go back before even then what got you into dancing
0: That was actually my mother who got me into dancing. She always wanted to be a dancer when she was younger. And so she had put me into dancing. It was something that I always did. I liked. Actually, the story that I'm going to be sharing with you today actually is going to let you know a little bit about why I enjoy dancing so much and what I went through as a child. Because, you know, your whole talk is, you know, purpose through pain and thinking about purpose through pain everybody has been through some kind of pain in their life yeah and we all handle things differently you know there's grief you know loss of a loved one traumatic experience and that could be anything from family dating dating violence shooting burglary assault sexual or physical abuse and you know i've i've had a traumatic experience that i haven't really shared with anybody that i'm going to share with you today The pain that I have gone through my entire life and how I have suppressed it and dancing is part of that. So it's pretty amazing that you would ask me about that because that's definitely how I suppressed it and handled that. So, you know, it's under these suppressed feelings, you know, that we just go through our lives and you can have flashbacks, emotional liability, impulsiveness and strained relationships. And that's, you know, one of mine strained relationships. And, and that was caused by that. So during this self-discovery of mine, you know, after doing the pageant and, you know, going through the divorce and the pageant, I've learned to be true to myself and going on to live a healthier life. And it's important to acknowledge though, because you acknowledge your pain, you also learn from it. Yeah, and it's absolutely. important to learn to leave, yes, to lead a happier, healthier life. But through that, you've got to allow forgiveness. And I believe my whole life I've been trying to forgive. And because just walking through life with hate, you know, it's like going with a big backpack on your back and you're hiking and you just, you can't go any further, you know, it just, it gets harder and harder and it weighs you down. So if you want to move forward into your own true happiness, you've got to find a way to release that. And you know, a lot of us do a lot of self negative talk to ourselves. And I've read that 80% of your self talk is all negative. Mm. I mean, how many times do you go through the day and you're just talking to yourself? And that negative talk, we can believe in it. And it's not even true sometimes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You
0: know, so a lot of times what I try to tell people is to think of the facts. What do you know is true? Because we create all kinds of BS in our heads. Right. And let the rest of it go. Start to put positive things into your mind. This is how how I get through my life is I put those positive things and go, okay, Let the rest of that negative stuff go because you just, that's just going to weigh you down. So it was through all this, you know, I was having, I actually had a flashback and, you know, I can remember like it was yesterday. It was 1975. Okay. So you can imagine I I had a flashback of my dad and he's holding me against my will
2: Mm.
0: and I'm crying And I'm screaming and I'm kicking like it's nothing. And I'm moving and he's touching me inappropriately. Wow. And he thinks that I'm so young that I don't know what's going on. He even tells me as I tell him to stop, stop, I'm yelling. And he says to me, he goes, oh, all girls say to stop it. They really don't want you to because they like it. And he tells me this and I'm thinking to myself, but I don't. I don't. Please stop. Stop it as I'm screaming and yelling and I'm shaking just thinking of it because I had not thought of this for years. I had suppressed this memory and have been trying to forgive him for so long. I told my mother and she just didn't believe me. She laughed. My dad said he was playing, playing, you know, she didn't believe me. She just, you know, so I would spend the next years of my life being touched inappropriately, physically abused and scared to tell anybody of what I was going through, fearing that nobody would believe me because my own mother didn't believe me. It wasn't until seventh grade when a girlfriend of mine said, Debbie, Debbie, I don't want to spend the night at your house anymore. Your father makes me feel weird. And there it was. It was out in the open. Somebody finally saw what I had seen my whole life, and they believed me. I then again tried to approach my mom and tell her, and she refused to listen to me. It was because of this that I don't think I've ever been truly able to trust any man or have good thoughts, and I've been trying to suppress that. I felt this detached from other people, like I was different. I felt unworthy and lived with guilt. When I was younger, my mother would put me in pageants. And I can remember back when, in the 70s, <laughs> so you can just imagine the hairstyle, spit curls down the side. Right. Pull back. And this <laughs> high ponytail thing she had, like uh, uh, Cheetah Rivera, is that her name? Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. So anyway, you know, that was my, and I had one of those dresses. I used to love the dress that you would twirl. You would spin and it would twirl and go out. And I just like... You know and I can picture myself in this yellow dress and um she puts me in this pageant and I'd never known didn't know what a pageant was you know beauty pageant so I'm okay and I can remember the picture that night that I got and it's me holding a trophy and I'm crying hysterically I got all these tears down my face and because it was a participation trophy <laughs> just for participating <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And I'll never forget, like, the girl that won had this beautiful hoop gown, you know, just beautiful frills everywhere. She looked like she had just walked out of the salon, you know. I, you know, wow, it wasn't up for that. And, um, you know, it actually made me feel ugly. Made me feel like I was, um, made me feel like I wasn't pretty enough. Right. You know, beauty pageants aren't supposed to be that. They're supposed to be about confidence and supposed to be, you know, feeling good about yourself. Well, it, this one didn't. It, it made me feel like maybe I was ugly, you know? I mean, people told me that I was pretty, but I don't know. I didn't believe them, you know? So my mom would put me in other pageants and I cannot see a thing without these glasses, okay? And I take my glasses off and I am so blind. So of course, during the pageants, I would take the, pa- the glasses off. And my favorite part was the talent because I would get out there and my mom would just say, "Which song do you want to dance to today, Debbie?" And I'd go, "I want to dance to Boogie Oogie Oogie." <laughs> does that date you or what? Yeah, it does. And uh, I would go out there, right? And I would make up the dance as I was on stage because I would do that. I was so creative in my head. I could, I vi- envisioned it. You know, I would have to write dances down because I would come up with these big things and. I couldn't even sleep, it was just incredible. And But to me, taking those glasses off and looking out into the audience and smiling, I got to be somebody else. I got to pretend I'm somebody else. I get to pretend I'm beautiful. I get to pretend I'm talented. And all these people are watching me. So in a way that built my confidence, but do you see that that imposter syndrome coming in of not really believing i am who i am yeah so i'm i really don't believe i am who i am right so as i go through high school i throw myself into plays into anything that i can to distract myself you know from these things that are going on at home and and how i'm feeling about myself i you know i was a dance studio owner at age 19 i auditioned with over 400 girls and out of 12 became an Atlanta Hawks dance team member, you know, the 42nd street, well, you know, dance captain of the Rockettes, you know, these are all things that I put to myself and said, I was at the right place at the right time.
2: Right. Right.
0: Because I didn't believe, you know,
2: you you had no self-worth at that time. I had no self-worth. Yeah. Was your dad still doing things to you during high school or when, when did that stop?
0: It stopped, I would say, probably after that eighth grade um, time when my girlfriend um, had noticed. And maybe my mom did talk to him or something, but I remember it it kind of, you know, he maybe he realized well, she's getting too old. She can understand. And I was getting like even more like screaming and yelling and fighting, yeah. you know, but the physical abuse didn't. Right. The physical abuse went on through high school to where got a black eye. Dad my own dad had me punched me and I peed myself, you know, yeah. in the back of the car and told my mom, Elizabeth, you keep driving. And I just lost all bodily functions as he beat the crap out of me. Yeah. Because I gave well, never mind. I helped somebody that he didn't feel I should have helped. Yeah. So that, you know, all what, those feelings came about and what was that's about? my pain. And then It went into being married, you know, so then I hear I'm going to trust somebody with my, you know, my life. I'm going to have kids with them. I get married. And from the beginning, he does nothing but lie to me. And I I find out about the lie. He never came home one night. (laughs) He did that many nights, but let's just talk about this one in particular. He told me a lie that covered it. I thought I believed that lie and went on to believing all this stuff. Then I'm just going to go through, you know, this whole marriage, you know, like he would sleep out on the sofa and things were going on. It was the alcoholic abuse. Alcoholic was his thing, but he had a lot of other issues too. And I don't want to talk about him, but what, how he made me feel is what I want to talk about. And, you know, like he'd, he'd be out on the sofa at night. I'd be like, are you coming to bed? He'd be like, yeah, I'm coming. He'd never come to bed for years. I went to bed alone with my ice cream, with my Cheez-Its. My chocolate chip cookies. Oh, Oreos. Oh, gotta have the Oreos. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you find something to balance off. You know what you're missing, and yeah. I ate through my depression.
2: What age were you at this time?
0: I got married when I was 34.
2: Okay, so from okay. 19, from 19 to roughly 34, you were dancing all throughout that time.
0: Yeah, having a professional career,
2: and you also and had distracting myself. A- You had also launched a business during that time as well, correct? Your own dance studio. Yeah. Did you find your worth during that time? Did you find yourself finding your worth or was it just a cover up?
0: Because it was kind of like, you know, I had confidence. Right. I just made the dance captain of the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes. You know, it's like I stepped up and, um, you know, you find yourself and it's like, okay, I can do this. I'm worth something. So you find that. I'm starting to feel good. I'm, I'm, you know, have a great life. And then I get married to this person that brings me down. Yeah. Totally took my confidence, my self-esteem. I've, I've now gained over a hundred pounds after having kids and I don't feel beautiful again. I feel ugly because he's, you know, I even lost, I, I lost maybe, um, 80 pounds. And at that time he didn't even recognize that. Yeah. No, because he was, you know, cheating and doing all these others, had this secret life that I didn't even know about. Right. So, you know, that made me feel bad. So, of course, I, gained it, I started to gain the weight again, which we know is not good for your body. But of I did. And then, you know, he ended up um, leaving one night and he never came back. And it was because he had gotten a DUI. The next morning, I realized our whole savings account, which I was just getting ready to open up a brand new studio. He had taken the money,
2: mm.
0: stolen it from us. And looking at his email, he was meeting girls. He was getting ready to go have a good time and live his life is yeah. what he was going to do. Yeah. And after a week, because he was put in jail, after a week, he tried to come back home because his they had taken the, um, the check and they were holding on to it. I couldn't get it because my name was on the account as well. They wouldn't give it to me. But anyway, he ended up coming back. And I said, you can't come here. I've already got a, you know, I've already started divorce papers. And he's like, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. And at this time, my kids and I did not know who he was. Who was this person who lived this double life? I didn't know um, what kind of person he was. Would he hurt me and the kids? We were actually scared because this was a person we didn't know. I remember putting a chair at the door so he couldn't get in at night because I was so scared for our lives.
2: Yeah. How long had y'all been married at this point now?
0: 16 years.
2: 16 years. And the whole marriage was like this abusive. He was an alcoholic, verbally abusive to you guys. Was, Was he the same way to the kids as well?
0: No. And, you know, it was just, it wasn't verbal abuse. For me, it was mental. It was like every time I'd ask him, "Have you you've been drinking?" He'd say, "No," and then he'd go off on a tangent. To as a narcissist, what they do is they turn around and make it your like
2: fault, it's your problem, yeah,
0: your problem. And then he'd go off and and bring back situations maybe from the past or things that I did to take the focus off of him. Yeah. So this whole time, I'm you know I'm the blame. I'm you know. Taken all of this, which of course is just depleting my self esteem and my confidence and everything. Yeah. So I guess I got to a point, you know, when he did this final thing, it's like I don't. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm a strong woman. You set your life, and this is where I, I saw the light and said, I'm not going to put up with it. And that's when I decided I'm going to find myself. And that's when I put myself in a pageant, which is funny because of how pageants made me feel when I was younger, you know. But I wanted to have a goal for myself, I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to go out and prove to myself, Debbie, you are beautiful because you are beautiful inside and out. And I guess my whole life, I just wanted somebody to see, that, you know, so that's what it did is, you know, winning that title, you know, did even more than that for me. What it did was it, it showed me the power of teamwork. Which I already knew from being a part of the Rockettes and everything else I've done. But it brought that back to me. The community service, being around positive influences, the friendships I have gained by being in the pageant world is amazing. These are beautiful women. And you would think people stereotype and they stereotype um, women in pageants and, and to be. It's all about beauty, but there is that inner beauty that these women have that we all support each other. I had a function to raise money for Hearts Alive. They came to support me. Wow. We support each other to be our best selves. Yeah, you found a family. Yes. I mean, this is like, I feel blessed and gratitude galore in the world that this has brought to me and it has opened it up, has opened up to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: So so what happened when he, he tried to come back? Your husband tried to come back. You said you filed for divorce and you didn't want him back. What happened then?
0: Well, you know, he asked to live in my guest bedroom, <laughs> you know, because we had this huge savings. We had just sold our house and I, apparently he had just wanted to live off the savings. Right. Is really what he wanted to do. while I want to work every day. Yeah. Talking to his girlfriends and doing whatever. <laughs> And I basically told him, no, that wasn't going to happen. He ended up leaving. He went through rehab and then through the divorce, you know, it just, we didn't fight a lot, but he definitely didn't want to help out in any way. Yeah. He just wanted to be free. Right. And, um, you know, I went to him in rehab because I'd promised God, you know, through sickness, health, whatever, that's what a marriage was. Right. I had always been faithful. I'd always tried to be a the best mom, the best wife, whatever I can be, I'm always trying to do my very best.
2: Yeah.
0: And I went to him at rehab and I, I sat down with him and I was ready to forgive him. Lying, stealing, cheating, all of those things because we're all human trying to take the higher road and go, you know what? I know that you're sick, I married you. As I sat down with him, I said to him, do you love me? And he looked at me and he thought to himself and he says, I love our kids He goes, you and I have a relationship and he couldn't go on any further than that. Um, I asked him how many times he had cheated on me and lied to me. I asked him about the lie that he had told that covered the lie. And this is when I knew it was a lie. Cause I asked him about it and he said, he goes, what are you talking about? I went, Whoa, he lied to cover a lie, <laughs> which was way in the beginning of the relationship. And I just was, I was just, wow, he has lied to me. Our entire relationship And then he says, Debbie, I have lied and cheated on you so many times that it doesn't matter. So therefore he didn't care about my feelings at all. This is what I learned. And at that point when he told me this, I had felt like the angels had come and taken this backpack off my back, lifted it up. And as I walked out of that to my car, I felt the biggest relief of like, Debbie, you can gain your life back. God is giving you a chance. You are free. He has freed you from your commitment. You have followed through and done everything that you possibly could. He forgives you. It's time for you to forgive yourself. I got in that car. I went home, and that's what I did. I worked on forgiving myself and forgiving him, and I say thank you. Thank you for releasing me from that.
2: Right, absolutely.
0: I I wish good things for him. We now have a relationship where— doesn't hurt our kids. You know, he's a co-parent is what I'm doing is I'm co-parenting and I'm okay with it. He has his life. I have mine and I'm able and I'm healthy to move forward. So by loving myself now, I'm healthy. I'm going to live longer and I'm able to give more, do more for the ones that I love. And I'm a great example for my kids of how to be strong through the pain that I've gone through. And that feels good. And I know that love and happiness that I have will attract love and happiness at the right time. And, you know, we are all life is, is not a dress rehearsal. (laughs) And I'm saying this because of show, show business and, and all that I've done. It's not a dress rehearsal. Okay. We're all performing every day and we are having, it's like, are you having a good show today? Are you having a bad show? Right. You know, what kind of day are you having? Right. And either way, the show must go on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as you say in show business, I mean, I think nothing is up to us in our timing. Doesn't matter how old you are. It's up to God and his timing. And as I like to say, God has saved the best for last.
2: There you go. There you go.
0: And that's how I feel.
2: Yeah. So. You, you start to go through the divorce, you're a hundred pounds, you had gained over a hundred pounds and now you're like, I want to get back into a passion. I want to find myself again. Take me through that journey right there from that point on, take me through that.
0: You know, it's like, I need to be better to myself. I need to eat better. My knees were so heavy that at the school, I couldn't even go up the steps of the school. It hurt my knees. Mm. And I was like, wow, I, it's like somebody ate me. <laughs> Right. It's like there is a person inside of this body yeah. that wants to come out. And that journey of losing the weight was hard, but it's like keeping your motivating factor of noting, knowing where do you want to be? Having that visionary, okay. I, I believe we, we have to see things, envision them, yeah. envision them and know where you want to go first yeah. for you to get there. To make it the reality, you have to see it. And it's keeping that because, you know, motivation only lasts for so long.
2: Of course, you're right. right. That's why so many people fizzle out.
0: That's correct. And it takes dedication. Yeah. Well, and it takes love for yourself. And I'm not going to let myself or my kids down for nothing. And I think that's my biggest, my MOFA, my motivating factor. There you go. Is, Yeah is to go forward and to be disciplined because I have a goal. I have things I want to do and I got to show these kids that you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it. And that's, there you go. That's what I'm doing. I'm inspiring and motivating other people, you know, other women. I know that they, we've all got our, our pains and our problems. You know, I want other women to know that whatever circumstance that you are in, That you can be strong enough for yourself. You need to be strong enough for yourself that you can do it.
2: Come on, girl. You know,
0: how bad do you want it? You got this, you know, and we're here. You know, I want to build a community of girls, you know, and that's what I have with like my pageant group. You know, the friends that I have, we are good friends to each other. You've got to have support. And that's that's what I am for women.
2: That's awesome. So we met in roughly the end of 2019. Okay. And it was into 2020 when you entered into a pageant. Okay. Now you had already done a couple before then, or this was your first pageant into 2020. It
0: was my first pageant. I had become the first runner up um, to a girl that was 22 years old. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The fact that I could stand next to a 22-year-old and hold my own is amazing. Right? That, that right there makes me feel so good. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I, I, that right there made me feel beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah. You were finding your identity, but it wasn't—your identity wasn't in beauty pageants. It wasn't in the dance. It was within yourself. It was within who God created you to be. And so now you find yourself away from the toxic relationship, from the way, from the abuse of your father, you know, and you're back into what brought you full circle around to begin with. And that was your pageants. That was your dancing. And so yes. take me, so, so you're, you were 49 at the time when you were standing next to this 22 year old. Is that right?
0: That is correct.
2: Yeah. So, and this is the first pageant in how many years you had done. When was the last pageant before then?
0: I think I was a teenager. Wow. High school. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you go back. So you're in the midst of, you're, you. you've lost the weight. You're looking beautiful. You're on this pageant. You know, we even went over some of the questions and things like that. I kind of helped coach you along that way.
0: Oh, you and- were the best. Oh, <laughs> Joseph, you are the best with coaching. Let me tell you. I mean, I felt so prepared and I practiced our questions together. I mean, amazing. You are so helpful and just, I was so grateful for you. And if I know I've told you thank you, but being here on this podcast, yes, you definitely helped me through that and God bless you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. That That was a first for me, but it was so neat because it allowed me to really understand not only you as an individual, but also in the aspect of not just answering a question, but really finding out the answer. Anybody right? anybody can answer a question. Oh, judges have certain questions and things like that that they wanna know. How will you best represent Nevada? How will you best represent Las Vegas? But ultimately is like, how do I best represent? How do I do these things? What am I doing when it comes to helping other people? And and because anybody can stand up there and, and I'll just say BS their way, right? Just, just answer a question. But ultimately sure. for you, it was Debbie finding herself in the midst of finding herself.
0: Absolutely. And I that's was just what, gonna say that, Joseph. Yeah, it was a it was a journey. It was and for me. It was it,
2: yes. It was. And it was neat because even though I prompted, I didn't answer any of the questions, you answered them. I just helped prompt and trigger your mind to go the direction that I saw for you, you know, because. Which is
0: what a coach does. It's a what a coach, a coach does. Listens. <laughs> Dude, and that's what you did. Yes, absolutely.
2: Well, thank you. That, that, that means the world to me. That It really does. So you're standing next to her. I help you with the questions. You're on the pageant, you're standing next to this 22 year old. And now, this was tell me the name of that pageant.
0: That was um, Miss Nevada
2: okay. for America. Miss Nevada, Miss Nevada for America. So that was preparation for Miss America. Well, for America, pageant. Gotcha. There are so
0: many different systems.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So you're the runner. You're the runner up in this one.
0: I was first runner up. Yes.
2: Wow. Uh, Well, congratulations on that. But that wasn't the end for you. Tell me what happened. I
0: I mean, I had already bought the dress and the heels and and I was like, you know what? Why not take it one step further and let's try to I'm only going to be this age once. Let's see what we can do.
2: And then so take us through your next pageant. Which one was that?
0: That was uh, U.S. United States of America, Miss Nevada. And I held the title for uh, Miss Las Vegas again. And so I went from there. I ended up winning this pageant. And, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, talking about like the imposter syndrome, standing up there with the other girls, you start to doubt yourself. You go, am I beautiful? Am I really what they're looking for? Am I, no. you know, and it's funny because your your head plays all these games with you. And I sat there and I said to myself, you know what, Debbie, you're here for yourself. doesn't matter what these people think of you.
2: That's it. I'm here for a goal for myself. That right there, you know, there's a mindset change. Absolutely. You know, that's when you really start to understand that I don't need pageants. I don't need the trophies whether it's a partition participation trophy or not you know absolutely i don't need yes. the relationships i don't need the perfect scenarios or the perfect life i want those things and there's nothing wrong with wanting the pageants there's nothing wrong with wanting the accolades or the pat on the back you know but it's coming right? to that self-realization that i don't need it i don't need it right. You know, that's
0: correct. Absolutely.
2: You know, my story about losing my wife, and I I remember even talking with you for a while afterwards. That I went on a journey of like, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need somebody to sit on the couch with me. I need to have someone to talk to. I need somebody to watch TV with because I felt so empty inside, and the freeness came. Not when, whether I found somebody for a period of time or not, or invested into, you know, the podcasting or flying the plane or things with my kids, the freedom for me came when I realized I didn't need anybody. Absolutely, Joseph. (laughs) And to me, that's the beauty of the story. That's the beauty of the journey. Because the journey, there's a lot of times we can pass the quote unquote finish line of our journey and still have Mm -hmm. lessons to be learned. I think we're always learning. It doesn't oh, matter course. how old you are. Yeah. Without you a doubt. Have, oh, yes. And, and so the bigger question is, is do we ever cross the finish line of our journey or we just continue to rewrite the story or create the new story or a new chapter? Because but when, isn't that the fun of life? That is the fun of life. And when you like for me, it's like I feel like I'm really not that I don't miss my wife because I do. It's been over two years now. Yes. But yet I feel like I'm on this newness, this like this new path now because I'm not searching to fill the void, the void I filled within myself through me and me being happy in the midst of those situations. And, and, you know, yeah, using the pageants, Hey, if that helps direct you, then, then do it by all means. For me, it was, I love to travel. So I'm like, Hey, I love to fly. So I'm going to, you know, you know, you know, get my pilot's license, you know, or I love to speak. And and like, for me, my joy in helping other people is the coaching. Like I get so much, so much encouragement by helping other people because I'm like, because in the midst, like even when I was helping you with the coaching and things like that, I was answering those, my those questions myself. I was just, yes, putting, I just wouldn't imagine absolutely. myself in a dresser on a, on a stage. I was just, you know, but no, I, but it makes you think as well. And yeah.
0: that's what I love about coaching and helping other people is that it opens your mind as well. You are always learning. It doesn't matter.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So That's beautiful. So What are you doing now? Is there another pageant to come up or I I know you're getting into coaching and you're you're yes. you know, you've been training, you've been working out, you know, helping other people with their healthy lifestyle and but what's next for For Debbie? For Debbie. I
0: got big plans. Yeah. I got big
2: news.
0: Okay. So All right. I am right now with my girlfriend. We're working on the mastery program of coaching. So I'm continuing to get even better with coaching because I, like you said, I love to share with people. I love to help people out. That's my purpose. It's what I want to do with the rest of my life is I want to help. So coaching is a big part of that. I've taken on some new clients. I'm really excited for them. As well as I'm working out for myself. I want to be a fitness model for 50 and above
2: look at you
0: yeah for health and wellness so uh, that's a goal for me with my health and wellness that's for myself and my body and everything i that's one i've set for myself that i want to do so i've got like some agencies that i'm going to be going to i've got big plans (laughs) i'm also have started um the speakers lab and i'm learning to be um a speaker So I'm going to, because that's what I want to do. I'm, I love telling stories. I have so much to give and that's what I want to do. I want to go out and share and speak and um,
2: motivate and help inspire other people. That is awesome. How can, I'm just, I don't want to, that's more than awesome. I just congratulated you on that because, you know, when we, when we set down on a certain path in our life, we think that's going to be the end of it. We think that that's going to be our whole entire life, you know, from what your dad was doing. There's still a lot of people that still struggle with things just like you walk through and they're our age. They're even older and still holding that unforgiveness and resentment. And it set a pattern for their life. And this is a little teaser for one of the next episodes I'm going to do, but about pain becoming our identity. Absolutely, you know, and it can, Yes, it can It can, let it, it. It, it, it can mm-hmm. in a very bad way, you know, yes. um, and then even, and, 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 you know, of course, through podcasting and things like that and, and coaching people, I've kind of done research on myself uh, or research on my own is, you know, they say that the first, that when we get into relationships later on in life, all those relationships, when it comes to boyfriend, girlfriend, or even a spouse, all stem back to the very first relationship that we ever had. And who is that relationship with? Our parents. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, some people have been graced to, you know, go a different route and some people haven't, you know. And so I commend you to, you have done what I like to say, flip the script. Your script was being written for you by your parents from a very young age. But at some point in time through the dancing and then even after, you know, or during your marriage, you're like... Enough is enough. I'm rewriting my script. I got a blank sheet of paper, you know, and I'm flipping the script on everybody. Now I'm 50 years old, Miss Nevada, you know, Miss Las Vegas. I mean, so and then now, of course, you know, so I just commend you and I just say, well, job well done. And thank you so much for inspiring You know, not only people like myself that are just a couple years behind you, but then also even younger women, because there's no doubt that when you're standing on the age, uh, standing on the stage at the age of 49 next to that 22 year old, you can't help but to think, I guarantee that 22 year old was thinking, I hope I can do this when I'm 49. Absolutely. You know, and that's inspiring. That's absolutely inspiring. Debbie, how can people stay in contact with you? If they're, whether it's coaching, you're listening to your podcast, what is the best way for people to connect with you?
0: I love that you asked that. I have Instagram or Facebook group, um, either one of those, and it's eat right in, the letter N, fit, the number four, life. Eat right and fit for life.
2: Awesome, so awesome.
0: Either the Facebook group or Instagram, You can direct message me there. My podcast is Confessions of Two Women Over 40. Ah, I
2: love it. I love it.
0: What women are talking about or they should be.
2: Wow. Wow, that that is an awesome... I'm excited to to hear that, you know, because, I mean, (laughs) the thing is, is like even though I interview male and female, you know, so many people go through so much in, in their life. I mean, you experience it from a very young age going through pain, you know, and you can remember it. I just interviewed... Um, A good buddy of mine this past week named Caleb, at the age of four, he tried committing suicide. Four years old. Like he remembers the story. It's not like very like vague. It's very extreme in detail where he was trying to hold a knife to him. So at the age of four, getting to that point, we all go through pain in our life. Some of it, we experience it later on in life through the loss of a loved one. I did. A divorce, you know. I have family members that went through divorce, lost one of their own children, you know, at the age of 19, um, Mm. you know, I watched and grew up in an abusive family. My dad was abusive to not only my mom, but also, um, myself and my brother and and two sisters verbally, physically, emotionally, thank God it was never sexually, you know, but there's so many people out there that have experienced it. You're one of them, but even at that age where it started for you, is that's when you remember it. Who knows when it started, you know? Right. But then even if you if you go even further back, I mean, science even says and doctors even say, and and, and I, you know, believe in God, and so I, I you know, I know it's true. Is that if we are if life starts at conception, we can start feeling and hearing and sensing things. And that's why babies jump in the wound when you know they hear music. Or that's why right. cognitive skills, they say when you listen to like opera music or not opera, but like a Beethoven and things like that, right. um, classical music, because it stimulates certain things in the brain, you know? And so if babies can feel that even in the Bible, it, it talks about where, and I know I'm going to get this wrong when, who was it that was pregnant with John the Baptist, um, at the time walked in the womb and it says when, uh, Mary was, uh, was pregnant with Jesus, it said that the baby leaped inside the wound. When Jesus being in the womb with Mary walked into the other room, John the Baptist uh, jumped in his wound, in, in his womb. you know. So there's life that happens in those things. And so if life can happen when there's excitement and brain development, so can pain. Pain of the words like, I wish you would've never got pregnant. I want to abort you. I don't want this child. You know. And even though the babies can't understand that, it's still something that sets a mark over them that now can be continually to be triggered all throughout their lifetime, you know? Absolutely, so, I mean, if you're
0: told you're stupid, you know, when you're younger, what are you gonna think? Yeah, You're gonna believe it, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I think all of your podcasts, The Pain, because we all go through pain, they're so inspiring and motivating to, to people. I, I truly enjoy them, Joseph. God bless you for doing this. I just think they're wonderful and everybody should hear them.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, Debbie, it has been an honor and a privilege for you to be on the show. I'm excited about listening to your podcast and definitely reaching out. And, you know, everybody that's out there listening, I encourage you. Debbie's a very good friend of mine and we only go back a few years, but it's been an amazing few years of just being in contact with each other and watching each other's journey because it was right after her divorce and even right after the death of my wife that we ended up connecting. And it's been an amazing friendship since then. And even just the inspiration back and forth with each other through social media. So I encourage you guys, if whether you've been through something or this or not, she's an amazing coach, really pours out her heart. Go connect with her on Instagram and Facebook and then also pay attention and listen out for her
1: podcast that's coming up. Debbie, thank you so much. I really appreciate you.
0: Thank you, Joseph. Have a good day.
1: Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.